That was a successful business trip up in windy Philadelphia. And believe it or not, the Miami Hurricanes are 4-0 and for the first time since 2017. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Victory Sunday. I'm Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Not only are the Hurricanes 4-0 for the first time in a long time, the last time Miami scored 38 or more points in each of their first four games was 2002. I hope offensive recruits, especially those wide receivers that Miami is still looking at or trying to flip, I hope that you guys are taking notice that you can come to Miami or stay home at Miami, score a lot of points, and have a lot of fun running Shannon Dawson's offense because it looks fun to play in. And the big thing for me, big picture before we get into the small pictures and analysis, Miami Hurricanes just beat the Temple Owls 41 to 7. I've got a lot to say about it. But big picture now is we're headed into the bye week, third of the way through the season, four out of 12 regular season games played. The Miami Hurricanes have significantly raised their floor from a year ago. Really starts with the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, where you can now trust this team to go out there and take care of business against lesser competition. You couldn't say that last year. Every game was heart palpitations, no matter who you played against. Uh, you know, we have seen Miami beat up and look good beating up three inferior opponents. But to be fair, Miami's also won a game that they weren't supposed to win against Texas A&M. So you've seen the Hurricanes flash a little bit uh, when the lights were bright as well. So in my opinion, you, you'd be hard-pressed to ask for a better start than what you've had. Four games in. Heading into the bye week, you're about to start conference play. It's all ACC the rest of the way. The Hurricanes have had a darn good start to the year. And for what it's worth, you're only one victory away from tying your win total from last year. <laughs> not that that's where any of us set the bar. We're not setting the bar at five wins. We're setting the bar a lot higher. But your next victory will tie your season total from a year ago. And I'm, I'm sure Miami is going to be pretty heavily favored against Georgia Tech in a couple of weeks at home coming off the bye week. Of course, you have to go out there and actually take care of business. But for this 41-7 to win, I can go in a number of different directions to start things out because there were a lot of standout performers. But I need to start with the offensive line. It just it brings tears of joy to my eyes watching the Hurricanes bully the opposition in the trenches. Right? They deserve, this O-line deserves another steak dinner from Tyler Van Dyke. The running backs can chip in, pay some of that tab as well. In pass protection, they kept Van Dyke's jersey completely clean. Zero sacks allowed. And overall, they only gave up three tackles for a loss in the game and only one TFL in the running game. So everything's moving forward with the push that offensive line gets. Uh, and yes, good pass protection, but the run blocking is really what stole the show on Saturday against Temple. That O-line paved the way. For 323 team rushing yards, Miami averaged 7.7 .7 yards per carry. Now, I give the running backs credit, and Henry Parrish, we'll talk about him, had a career day. You know, they were getting extra yards 
shaking tackles, breaking tackles, spin moves at the second level. But at the same time, the holes were wide open, right? The offensive line did an excellent job setting the table for a successful running game. Matt Lee and Jalen Rivers specifically were the O-linemen who graded out the highest, but all five did their jobs very well. Um, you know, really, one thing I could nitpick was Javion Cohen committed a, a penalty that was frustrating. But, you know, other than that, the offensive line was nearly perfect. I love CeCe Mauinoa, the true freshman, getting downfield quickly and blocking at the second level. He enjoys downfield blocking. And it's not even just the five offensive linemen because, you know, so far, um, and we still haven't seen Elijah Arroyo this year, but the way Miami has been using their tight ends, they've been extra offensive linemen, and they've been doing a darn good job of that because Cam McCormick, we knew coming in, transferring in from Oregon, that he was one of the top-graded blocking tight ends in, in the entire country. He has lived up to that so far. And the true freshman, Riley Williams, he was on the field a lot, and number 88 was blocking really, really well. He was opening up some holes. So I took no notice of that as well. So they become an extension of the offensive line. They did a darn good job with that. Um, and yes, the running backs. Let's start with Henry Parrish. Henry Parrish was the best of the committee yesterday, and he had himself a career day. 16 carries, 139 rushing yards, two touchdowns scored, and the team average at 7.7 .7 yards per carry was awesome. Parrish was a point above that. 8.7 yards per carry for Henry Parrish. Now, he did leave the game banged up in the third quarter, uh, so, you know, we were all obviously worried about Parrish. Mario Cristobal, after the game, said he seems to be fine. Tyler Van Dyke said the same thing. So um, based on the limited intel we have on Parrish, um, seems like he'll probably be okay. Remember, Miami has the bye week coming up. Georgia Tech in two weeks. Hopefully he's okay the next time the Hurricanes take the field. The bye week comes at a perfect time for him. Um, now, Injury-wise, center Matt Lee also left the game, actually on the same possession that Parrish left the game, but Cristobal also said that Matt Lee looks fine, so I think he's going to be okay. That's somebody Hurricanes cannot afford to lose. But going back to the running backs, Parrish was the star of that backfield. Don Chaney had good moments as well. He started the game. He was productive, 61 yards on nine carries for Chaney. Mark Fletcher came back from injury. He had 51 yards on 11 carries. We saw... Christopher Johnson make a cameo for the second straight game. He came in in the fourth quarter, had four carries for 33 yards, looking blazing fast as always. And uh, funny enough, uh, for the good jobs the running backs were doing, the longest carry of the game was by your quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, on a 37-yard keeper on Miami's second scoring drive. That was the longest run of Tyler Van Dyke's career. You can see why I call him Tyler Van Vick, although it looked like he was a little bit gassed at the end of that run. Still traveled a long way, 37 yards, uh, to set up a Miami scoring drive. And, you know, that was Tyler's decision to tuck it and run it. So it just shows you how comfortable he is in that offense and the freedom that Shannon Dawson gives him to make checks and make decisions. And Van Dyke is really thriving. In fact, we're going to talk about the passing game when we come back, folks, because even though the running game was what stole the show with 323 yards, uh, I give Shannon Dawson a lot of credit with the offensive balance. Even when the running game dominates the day, we find a way to create balance and create highlights in the passing game as well. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know what you want to do? We're only getting started. We're going to talk about Tyler Van Dyke. 
We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk about the turnovers. We're going to talk about the defensive line. All of that is coming up on this loaded recap episode of Locked on Canes. Speaking of loaded, LinkedIn Jobs is loaded with opportunities to find new hires. If you're a small business owner, every new potential hire you know can feel like a high-stakes wager. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I know this works. I've gotten jobs through LinkedIn Jobs before. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Did you know small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors? LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For the everydayers, you want to take your everyday experience to the next level, sign up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include the link in the show description below. You get one-on-ones with me, ask me questions. I give you guys breaking news, recruiting scoops. Try it free for 14 days by clicking the link below. Then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of extra added value on there. Let's talk about that passing game in Miami's 41-7 win against the Temple Owls. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, I mentioned, he's really become a true general running this offense. He's very comfortable in Shannon Dawson's kind of hybrid air raid power running scheme. Uh, Van Dyke, you can see he's throwing receivers open. The ball placement has been on point. I talked a lot about that with Malik Rozier, former Hurricanes QB1 in our postgame show last night. And Malik has worked one-on-one with Tyler Van Dyke as well. So he's pretty in tune with what TVD does. So TVD's numbers on the day, 17 for 24, 220 yards passing, three touchdowns, goose egg of interceptions, zero interceptions. And out of his uh, seven incompletions, Three of his incompletions were considered drops. I think the wet conditions in Philadelphia had some effect there. Uh, Henry Parrish had a couple of drops. Ray Ray Joseph had a drop. Um, so if you take drops into account, I think Van Dyke would have had like 83.3% like true completions, like on the ones that were not his fault that they weren't caught. So he had another super efficient day, did Tyler Van Dyke. And this was a pretty cool stat, how Van Dyke, he did a great job getting rid of the football quickly and decisively. And this is something that happens when you know your offense so well, frontwards and backwards, and when your receivers are running their routes crisply. Because, yes, the offensive line has done an awesome job protecting him, but he's doing a really good job getting rid of the football so fast that it makes him even harder to sack. Van Dyke's average release time against Temple was just 1.84 seconds. That's lightning quick. And this is my favorite stat for Van Dyke so far this year. And he's off to a, you know, I'm not going to say he's off to a Heisman Trophy pace, but he's like off to a pace of, this is a guy you need to watch. Like when you're talking about, okay, who could the finalists in New York be at the end of the year? Tyler Van Dyke is a guy who's on your radar right now. He's got plenty of opportunities with games like 
Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina still on the schedule. He has opportunities to have his moments to prove whether or not he belongs in New York at the end of the year. Uh, but his numbers are certainly on pace for that. Van Dyke now has 11 touchdown passes to just one interception on the year. He's on a three-game streak with zero interceptions thrown. Uh, Van Dyke, I don't know what the updated season grades are, but he entered the game Saturday with the highest pro football focus grade on the team, um, or, or he entered uh, highest on the season, I should say, with quarterbacks at a 94 overall grade, and he did grade out highest yesterday with an 87.9. So I don't know, you know, once they redo those grades, if Tyler's still the top quarterback in the country with that, uh, I don't know, but um, I loved some of TVD's throws. The 39-yard deep ball he threw to Jacoby George, perfect amount of air under the football. Uh, I love the throw and catch to Colby Young on the deep touchdown. That was very well placed by Tyler. And Colby Young did a great job getting vertical and high pointing the football. And it was also nice to see his favorite target, Xavier Restrepo, get his first two touchdowns on the year because X had had consecutive 120 plus yard receiving games coming into this one, but he hadn't gotten into the end zone yet. And he got two of them today, including the touchdown that opened the game from Miami. So it was nice seeing X get into the end zone. It was also nice seeing Ray Ray Joseph getting involved uh, later in the game on a couple of gadget type plays, showing off his speed, catching a couple of pitches. So that was good. Uh, I mentioned the balance was there for the offense. All right, let's talk about the defense when we come back. And speaking of that defense, I think our game changer of the week could be a defensive guy. Keep it locked right here, my friends, to Locked on Canes. And I hope you're keeping it locked to Athletic Brewing. Now time for your game changer of the week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. To Corey Couch. Two interceptions. Was really proud of what he did on Saturday. We'll talk more about him. Just like to Corey Couch, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the game. The non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed that game. They make non-alcoholic beers uh, that are great tasting and award winning. And they beat out full strength beers in global competitions. They're fit for all times. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere and make any activity even more enjoyable. Like watching a big game, watching your kids game, working out, tackling all that work you have. No hangovers ever. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at Athletic Brewing Company. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes fit for all times. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, to Corey Couch, game changer of the week. He deserves a lot of credit. Comes away with two interceptions on the day. Uh, he said after the game he wanted three interceptions. He did give up a big play before his INTs by gambling for an interception, but then he completely redeemed himself. Who was it, uh, Lloyd Christmas, or was it uh, the the other guy from Dumb and Dumber? who's like, you go and completely redeem yourself. That's what to Corey Couch did yesterday. Uh, came up with a big game. Uh, Miami's defense in total. They had three takeaways in this game. In their previous three games, they had a combined four takeaways, so they nearly doubled that total in one game. You knew that they were due because that was the one stat we were looking at. Like, hey, Miami's not forcing a lot of turnovers. Like, they're stopping the run really well. They're not giving up a lot of points, but they're not causing turnovers. Well, you know, 
They were due, and they got three of those in the game yesterday. Jaden Davis in the defensive backfield had another really good game in the secondary, six total tackles, leading the team in tackles. You don't often see a cornerback who tackles that hard and tackles that well. I was talking about that with Malik Rozier last night, that like you're not expecting to get hit that hard by an outside corner. And, you know, Davis, that was one of the things when he transferred here from Oklahoma, I kept hearing about Davis when I was asking folks from Oklahoma, like, what does this guy bring to the table? And, you know, he played high school football down here. So I talked with the likes of Larry Bluestein about him, and they always said, really sure tackler, really strong tackler. Now I, I understand what they were talking about there. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect for Miami's defensive backfield by any stretch. Um, at times, Miami looked sloppy in coverage, especially in the second quarter. Temple's lone scoring drive. Miami had some blown coverage. They allowed some big plays in the passing game. I thought they adjusted well in the second half. And to be fair, you know, you can call me an excuse maker or whatever you want to call me. But to be fair, keep in mind, Miami was without Cam Kinchins who's not only the best player on the team, but he's the quarterback of the defensive backfield. So I think things could have gone a little bit more smoothly with the communication back there had, you know, Kinchin's been in the game. Hopefully we see Cam after the bye week. I think he'll probably be due to come back for the Georgia Tech game. And it was also a sloppy, wet field, so sometimes you struggle with your footing a little bit. Um, now, the defensive line, they were pretty much perfect on the day. Miami only gave up 11 Rushing yards, right? How about that for a contrasting stat? The Hurricanes offense rushed for 323 yards. Temple rushed for 11 yards. You don't often see a 312-yard disparity from one team to the next in rushing yards. Miami's defensive line did a great job. And we had talked late in the week, one of those areas where Temple thought they could have some success against Miami was running the football <laughs> like Temple really thought I, I think we can run on these guys they had a, a really talented trio of running backs but they never got going I commend Miami's defensive line for stepping their game up despite multiple injured starters right you didn't see Branson Dean Akeem Mesidor Nigelie Kelly uh, and then if you look again at those pro football focus grades coming out of this win over Temple, three of Miami's top 10 graded players overall were defensive linemen. Leonard Taylor, heck of a game. He graded third overall on the team. Reuben Bain, fifth overall on the team. Thomas Gore rated ninth. It's great to see this from Gore. He had two sacks in the game. Reuben Bain, my good, I can't. By the time this guy is, I was going to say by the time he's a sophomore, but probably by like November, he's going to be one of the top defensive linemen in the country. Like he's so good for a first year guy. He's so disruptive. And I also, I notice on Bain, I feel like we need to have a dedicated official who just watches Bain on every snap, because I swear to you, I haven't seen anyone in the country who gets held more than Ruben Bain. And it rarely if ever gets called like if you if you just watch Reuben Bain on every snap he takes up oh, held no call held again no call it, it seems to happen every time like this guy is uh I'm not gonna say he's unblockable but you know board it's very difficult to block I think is where I'm gonna put that and yes Leonard Taylor who was the highest graded on that defensive line LT has now been you know really excellent for the last couple of games uh, I loved the play where he sacked EJ Warner. He showed tons of strength on that. 
because he only had like two or three fingers on EJ's jersey and he was still able to bring him down. Like he thought for sure, oh no, Warner's going to escape. He's going to run for like 10 yards, but nope, LT, two fingers on the jersey, was able to pull him down. That was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, for the defense as a whole, Miami was only credited with three missed tackles on the day. That's really good, especially in a game where it was wet, um, you know, more difficult to get your footing and your angles, like to only have three missed tackles in the game. That, that's an excellent, excellent stat. So all said and done, Miami gets a 41 to seven win against the Temple Owls. And, you know, I'm not going to make too many crazy proclamations about where Miami stand, but I, they can compete to play in the ACC championship game. Now your entire conference schedule is in front of you. You look at Clemson, Clemson already has two conference losses. They're in a really tough situation. They, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against Florida state on Saturday. Clemson really should have won that game. Um, so they've now lost to Duke and Florida State. They're behind the eight ball in the conference. Florida State obviously is off to a really good start. They they've looked human. Like they, you know, credit to them. Good teams find ways to win, but they looked, you know, vulnerable against Boston College. They looked vulnerable against Clemson, but they are they are four and zero, and they're a top five team, and you know they they've earned it. Uh, so that's not going to be Miami has to go to Tallahassee this year, which is going to be no picnic. Uh, Duke looks really good. They're not on Miami's schedule this year, so we have no control over the the head to head with them. You know, North Carolina is unbeaten. You know, uh, Louisville is off to a really good start. They've got a cake schedule. We do face them later on this year. So, you know, I see no reason why Miami can't be, you know, one of the final two teams in the conference and play for an ACC championship. So obviously in a couple of weeks, we'll, you know, Georgia Tech is going to be the next measuring stick and then North Carolina. So ACC schedule the rest of the way, my friends, all conference play from here on out. Um, so the bye week for Miami, I think it comes at a perfect time because we still have Cam Kinchins recovering. Elijah Arroyo, Branson Dean, Akeem Ezidor, Nigel Lee Kelly. You know, in the game yesterday, we saw Matt Lee and Henry Parrish get a little banged up, even though everyone says they're okay. Um, I'm sure we're going to see many, if not most of these guys back in two weeks. I don't know. People are going to ask me about Trevante Citizen. You know, I know I know his recovery seems to be going well. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the Georgia Tech game or not. So I, you know, Good luck getting any info out of Mario because Mario keeps that injury stuff really close to the vest. So I don't know when we're going to see Trevante Citizen for the first time. So, yeah, Georgia Tech coming off the bye, North Carolina after that. It's going to get very interesting. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. You want to support the show? Hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening to the audio version, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app. Take us with you wherever you go with the audio version. And we will talk to you guys again on Monday on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.